everybody's doing all right today? Man, can I just say I love this church? I do, man. I love coming to church. You love coming to church? Look at your neighbor. Say, I'm so glad we came today. God, I'm glad we came. So thankful for everyone who serves to make church happen week in and week out and all the time and energy and effort that they give to to do all the things that it takes to do church. So thankful for all of you who serve and definitely looking forward to Fall Fest. It's going to be a blast. And so um, looking forward to that. Let's go to the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 through 8. I'm going to read some rather odd scripture to you first to get to some good stuff. Okay. Sometimes you got to go down a road and say, what in the world are we doing down here to get to the place where it's like, that's why we came. And that's what we're about to do as we read these verses. Don't get lost. Stick with me, okay? We're going to get there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Feels like it just got dim in here. Preaching the lights out already. Here we go. I hadn't even got started yet. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. It says, for we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is when we die and leave this earthly body. I know, I told you, it, it, it's, a, it's one of those roads, okay? Um, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. And while we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. Come on, who's, who's got a little ache and pain right now? A little, man, oh. Okay, we groan and sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. I do like that. But this is where I had to get to. Verse 5. God himself has prepared us for this. Like it. And as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. So we are always confident, even though we know as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident. Aren't you glad we went down that road today? That's some good scripture. Let's pray and then we're going to jump in. Father, we love you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to gather in this place to lift you up. And I thank you that as we lift you up, your goodness is poured out on our lives. And today we're here to receive a word from you. And I pray, God, that you will speak to each and every one of us as this message goes forth. And I pray that you would use me just to simply be a voice that says what you want said. So I ask for your help today to say it the right way, to say it with your tone, to say it the way you want it said so that we can receive the life that you're giving us. Father, bless every person that came today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Have you ever looked through um, some old photos, like an old photo album, and uh, saw some pictures from your past and you forgot you looked like that? You know what I'm talking about? Um, yeah. And so it's always interesting to look through those photos because you look back, like I can look back and see, man, I had a little more hair back then. And that was nice. And I don't need any comments about the present body that we were reading about there. Okay. Uh, I noticed some, some, some things that were different. In fact, I, I decided to, did, did we get those pictures loaded? Here's some here's a few pictures that uh, that that are from my past. Look at that, man. Look at that. You you didn't know that was gonna be your pastor when that that picture came out right there, man. And so that was me back in the day. Come on, keep scrolling through, man. Let's go. That's me and my brother. Uh, my brother Jason. We call him Diesel. He's on the left, and I'm the the good looking one on the right. And then, all right, stop right there. Don't go any further. This picture right here. Is, is huge. Y'all laugh, but this is a huge picture because I know I have my hair feathered. That part was so strong. We're talking like 1984, 85. That was what you did in 84 and 85. If you didn't have a feathered hairdo, what were you doing? Okay. 
and uh, this was this was my first ministry that I ever served in. Seriously, the first ministry that I ever served in. I uh, I was the guy in charge of putting the lyrics on the screen, also known as the overhead projector. All you young kids, all you know is PowerPoint, and all you know is full color. You never knew that odd-shaped thing on the wall. You didn't know nothing about that, adjusting the mirror and putting the, 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 the transparency on there correctly. And I was the guy. I was 11, year, 11 years old right there, serving my first ministry. Who would have known, man? Keep going through those pictures. That's, uh, yeah, look at that, boy. I was a junior in high school right there. My mom's hair was big. That's helmet status, y'all. Yeah, that's big. I don't know if I didn't get the memo about the shirts. Like, mama didn't give me the memo. You know, here I am showing up with a red shirt. Man, I should have known. That tie was strong, though. That was not a clip-on, by the way. That was a real one. Let's keep going, man. Oh, yeah, that's senior. I'm a senior right there at summer camp. Man. There it is. There it is, man. Listen, y'all need to know, Cynthia was in love with me. See how she's holding me? She was holding on tight. She was like, I ain't letting this one go. Go to the next one. This one, this one right here is... That's, that's on my phone. That's the very first picture that she and I took together. That was on Sunday night after a Sunday night service at church. We took that picture together, and I loved that shirt. I wish I still had it. That's our wedding picture. Man, I could tell you stories, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah, man. Keep going. What else we got in there? Is that it? That's all the pictures I got? Okay. That's back in the day, y'all. See what happens when you look back. <laughs> Did you take a picture? Oh, you sending that? I got you. Man, my dad's hair has changed, too. They'll be here soon. Y'all can mess with him a little bit about that. Um, when you look back through old pictures, uh, it's, it's hilarious, man. You know, But when you look at them, it, it's not just the looks of the picture that grabs you. It's what was happening then. And in the memories that it triggers, like that family picture with myself, my brothers and my parents, that was for a church directory. Can you imagine this? Back in the day, they used to do what was called a church directory. They would take a picture of you and your family and list your address and your phone number for everyone in the church to know how to get in touch with you. Some of you right now are like, please don't do that. I don't need none of that in my life. It's amazing. How times have changed, am I right? It's amazing how even hairdos change. Because, like, even though that hairdo that I had when I started serving in ministry was really, really good, it was more than a hairstyle, man. It was a flow. Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, there's a few guys in here. They trying to get that hair flowing and all that. You don't know, man, because you just, you waking up, throwing a hat on and going on about your business. Back then, you used product and you used what's called a hair dryer. Can I get an amen? How many of y'all knew that dude that had it fe uh, feathered on top, parted down the middle, and had that perm in the back? Sophisticated mullet. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know people like that, huh? Listen, there's some guys in here that don't have as much hair up there, and that's what they used to do. And that's why they don't have it no more. They worked it, man. They worked it out. Get that tease back there, you know what I'm saying? Tease it. I love looking through old pictures. Um, on Friday, Kevin and I went back to Louisiana for the funeral service for uh, Brother Ed Bledsoe. He was the founding pastor of our home church, and uh, this man was a legend in, in our community. And uh, many people don't know him, but if you realize the impact that he's had on so many people, um, you, you would really say this man was a legend. And as we were there for the service, I literally felt like I was walking through my childhood again. Literally, man. I, 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 there were a few men in the church that, uh, another thing, back in the day when you were a part of a church family, there were certain people that had enough status with you and your family that if they needed to issue some discipline, they'd handle that. You know what I'm saying? Like bringing you to the restroom stall and handle that. And you came out and you had that fake smile on your face. <laughs> 
know what I'm saying? And you can't do that no more. Um, but back in the day, they did. And I remember seeing some of those people there, and I was like, ooh, I remember. I saw a Sunday school teacher, and I'm telling you, we pushed this man's buttons, and we got in so much trouble. I mean, when your Sunday school teacher gets pushed to the point he uses profanity, it's a middle school boys group. Middle school boy, and if you have never worked with middle school boys, don't you dare start judging him. Don't you dare start judging him. Man's 91 years old, man. I hugged his neck when I saw him. Mr. Gene, do you still forgive me, my man? <laughs> um, but it was like walking through a, a, a photo album. I remember there was this guy named Randy, and uh, he was the church drummer. And uh, I, I loved watching Randy play the drum. This is when I was a kid, before I started playing drums. And, and I would watch him play the drums, and I was like, oh, I want to do that one day. I, I, I want to do that one day. And so when I saw him at the funeral, we were talking, and he asked me, man, you still playing the drums? I was like, yeah, every now and then I get to get up there and everything. But just the, the reality of people that were in my life and the impact, and the time you don't always realize it, but when you begin to flip back through the old photos and you go back through the old memories, you start to realize Man, some of these people that I just were, that I thought were just a face, God was actually using to do something to me. God was actually using to to help shape me and help mold me. And they weren't all the pastor; they were just the people in the church. And um, all of those all of those people that I saw, it reminded me of a time. In fact, the man that spoke at the funeral, his name is Van Decody. That's, uh, that's a Cajun last name, by the way, Dakota. And uh, I remember watching him up there speaking, and I flashed back to when I was baptized because it was Van Dakota that baptized me. And I'm thinking, man, so many of these people have their fingerprints on my life. Like where I am today, these, the, there were so many people in that church that, that were not even the pastor that had such an impact on my life and, and who God wanted me to be. And, um, and I was reminded of so much in that funeral. I mean, there were, it was like a flood of just memories and, and also just revelation of like what God had done in my life right there in that place. Like, like brother Ed who passed away, he was the man that led my dad to the Lord. That's big. Like my dad, when my dad gave his life to Jesus, it changed everything in our family. It changed everything in my whole entire world. And, and to know that this man was the one that prayed with my dad to accept Jesus as his Lord and Savior, it didn't just affect my dad. And it wasn't one of those, oh, good, he's saved. We don't have to worry about him anymore. It was God did a miracle. Everything in our life now is changing. Everything in our world is changing because of what God has done in my dad's life through a man who just said yes to God. It was in that church that I heard the call to ministry. It, it, was, it was in that church on a Wednesday night in the youth group, 12 years old. I didn't tell anyone for a long time. I remember hearing the voice of God for the first time in my life that said, you will preach the gospel. Freaked me out, and I knew if I told my mama who's watching this, if I told her she was going to try to make it happen, I would have had a worldwide international ministry by the time I was 13. I'm serious. I don't know. I may have become the preacher with the jet. I don't know. Who knows? But I couldn't tell her, man. I was scared. I was scared to tell people. But that's what happened at church. I met Cynthia at church. Now, I knew her outside of church, but that's where I met her. My family knew her, but I met her in church. And so I'm, I'm going through all of these things. My first opportunity in leadership, my first opportunity in ministry happened in that church. Um, we became youth pastors in that church, like a lot of things just begin. We were ordained in that church. We were sent out to start Emerge Church from that church. And so uh, we're, we're in this series, you know, talking about vision for church. And it's crazy how as, you, as, you, as you're preparing vision for the future and where you want to go, how the Lord sometimes will bring you back and help you see where you've been. And this is so important because a lot of people are struggling to take their next step because they don't think they have what it takes to get there. And they're afraid of failing because the last thing we want to do is say, this is what we're going to do out loud and then not be able to do it because now everybody thinks we're losers and we can't do it. And that's shameful. And it hurts our pride a whole lot. So it's easier to stay safe. Stay where we're at. 
I just bless the Lord. We're going to make it till we can't make it no more. Amen. No, no, no. Because God's not finished with what he wants to do in your life. And it's important for us to take a look back. And all the places that God has taken us. Because there's so many places and so many faces that God has used to shape you, to make you who you are and who you need to be. And I would say this, that God brought you to this place to show you some new faces to help you to get somewhere that you couldn't get by yourself. Which is why it's so important for us to understand that you cannot do this living for God thing on your own. You cannot exclude others from what God has for you to do because you will only go as far as you can go. But God can put some people in your life, and it's called a spiritual family, a church that will help you to take steps, challenge you to take steps, agitate you to take steps. Come on, somebody. Mm-hmm. And when you take those steps, you never know the ramifications that will have on you in that time and perhaps in times to come. You will never know the impact it will have on you in that moment, but you will never know the impact it will have on generations after you. We're so in the now. We're so right now just worried about everything happening now. We forget about words like legacy. We forget about it. We forget about that there were people who went before us and we're living off of their legacy of prayer. You know what I'm saying? Like people that would wake up early, early, early in the morning and go to battle in prayer for you. Grandmothers and mothers and fathers that we just thought they were getting up to read the paper were actually getting on their knees and praying prayers that you have never heard before so that crazy things wouldn't happen to you where you are. And when a generation steps into place and forgets that someone went before them, they miss out on all that God has for them because they walk away from legacy. They're walking in the craziness of the world, forgetting God already had it covered, but because they're not attached to a spiritual family, they're now uncovered. But then you got to bring it to this generation because now it puts us in the place of responsibility as mothers and fathers and as people of God that have a responsibility to cover the generation they live in and in the generations to come. And this is where you really begin to understand that church is so much bigger than Sunday morning. It's so much bigger than just a sermon and a song. It is so much more than that. But it's belonging to a spiritual family. Amen? That isn't just for now, but it's for eternity. And it has eternal ramifications for everything that we do in the house of God. And I believe we cannot just take it lightly. Let me say it like this. Church ain't an option. It's not an option. And when we make it an option, we give, we literally put blessings of God in the place of, "Mm, that's optional. That's optional. I think about the faith that is developed in the house of God. I think about character that is developed in the house of God. I think about values that are developed in the house of God. Um, I think about convictions that are developed in the house of God. Where else are you going to be challenged on what you believe? And actually... Listen to it. Because if someone comes up to you and says, I don't like what you believe, you shut them off. But when the word of God is presented, that helps you to see the benefit and the principles of those beliefs. You're put into the place where choose this day who you're going to serve. Seriously. Because you know that there's a ramification of blessings, but there's also a ramification of some other things that we don't want to be involved in. And it's the reality that we must make sure that we look at whenever we look at the lens of a church. And the church has become such a sideshow to so many people because they don't see the value. They don't see the order that it brings. They don't understand that this is actually God's plan. It is actually God's plan. And many people like to throw up the debate of, well, you don't have to go to church To be a Christian. And I understand that debate 100% because it's only by our faith in Jesus Christ that we are saved. 
But if your faith is going to be developed and it is going to grow, it's not just going to happen because one time you went to the altar at the, uh, the, the little summer day camp and asked Jesus into your heart. Your faith has to be developed because one day you're going to deal with some things in your life that's going to require some faith with some depth in it. Amen? Amen? You're going to need a little bit more than Sunday school faith. Amen? And how is that going to develop in your life? Think of it this way. We have a conviction about sending our kids to school because we believe and we know they need an education, right? But would you give your child the option tomorrow? Well, they don't have school tomorrow. On Tuesday, hey, you've been off all weekend. You need a day off. If you do that, we need to pray for you today. Everyone bow your head. <laughs> you wouldn't do that. Why? Because you, this is the thought you have. My kids need this. And if they don't get this, they're going to have some situations in their life they won't be prepared for. Get up, kids. You're going to school. I don't feel it. It don't matter. You're going today. What if we looked at church like that? That we saw like kids ministry more than just the kids are going to go have fun. But we saw it as seeds being planted in their lives at an early age that later on is going to produce fruit in their lives. Are you getting your kids in the place to where seeds can be planted in their lives? Spiritual seeds. Producing faith. Amen? Or are we putting them in this place? I think about the key relationships that God gave me in my life through church. I do. Thank God. For key people. Thank God for godly parents. But thank God that he supplemented my parents with other people. You know what I'm saying? Godly people. That could speak hope and life and faith. Without dropping F-bombs. Y'all know where I'm going with that. Here's what I'm saying. There's more to church than what we make it out to be. There is. And that is something that we need to believe, we need to receive, and that's something that we need to live. See, church is more than checking the box on Sunday. It is. It's more than weekly inspiration. I hope you get inspired today, man. You're like, well, you're going to have to do better than that, Pastor Wade. Hang tight. Um, you see, church is more than a meeting. Church is a move of God that builds people into who God wants them to be. So when you look at 2 Corinthians 5, what we were reading earlier, and you go down that road that's a little interesting, that road of Scripture, Paul's talking to the Corinthian church about living in an earthly body with all of its ailments and limitations and yet longing for a new heavenly body. And it's an it's a odd stretch of Scripture because it talks about dying. And that's the one thing that we would rather stay away from. Am I right? Yeah. It's okay for you to agree with me on that one because I'm staying away from it too. All right? Um, and the thought of leaving the earthly body, it's just like, Argh. but we do like the idea of going to heaven. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you know you don't just get a free pass to heaven because you were a, quote, good person. It's more than just being good. It takes God to get you to heaven. Amen? And it's by faith and trust in Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior that you and I are justified. And it's not just believing it one time, but it's continually believing it and living it. Amen? It's that type of faith, and that is the way to the Father through Jesus Christ um, in heaven. As I was reading this, I began to think, okay, we all have a body. And it's talking about how that body is going to die. And one day you're going to get a new body. Y'all hang with me, okay? But then there's also the body of Christ, which is the church. So even though the scripture is talking about, about your body, your earthly body, your heavenly body, I definitely feel like it brings up the body of Christ. I do feel like it brings up the church. So I have a physical body. 
And one day I'm going to get a heavenly body, but there's another body that I am a part of that you are a part of as well, and that is the body of Christ. And you would not neglect your body, so why would we neglect the body of Christ? Because when the Lord returns, he's coming back for the body of Christ. And there's a lot of people who neglect the body of Christ will wonder why his return, why they were neglected. Now, that's a little old-school preaching. Some of y'all would call that hellfire and brimstone. I promise you, that's not hellfire and brimstone. That's like lantern status. It's not brimstone. Seriously. So, in this series that we've been speaking about, Are You Ready? We've been asking the question, are we ready for what God wants to do in our lives? Like, are you ready for what God wants to do in your life? Are you really ready? Like, are you really ready for God to answer your prayers? And we would all say, yes, Lord, amen. But are you really ready for the ramifications that come with that? Because I have found most of the time when God is in the process of answering your prayer, he's putting you in order. Because what those prayers reveal is I've been out of order, which is why a lot of the craziness in my life is existing, by the way. And you can correct a lot of stuff, but until you correct the order of your life, it's going to continue to be crazy. Amen? Amen? Yeah. And so whenever you, you begin to look at, at, at this in Scripture and consider, am I ready? Am I ready for what God wants to do? And the places that he wants to put me in, the faces that he wants to, be in my, to bring in my life, that may help me to become who he wants me to be, that may help me to get through the stuff that I'm going through, am I ready for that? And I know the answer that most of you have. You say yes, but it's got that big asterisk by it. But I don't want no crazy people around me. I found that the most crazy person in our lives is not other people. Amen? You ever looked in the mirror and said, you crazy? Some of y'all should. Anyway, back to the sermon. Um, last week, we talked a little bit about Stretching. Stretching. Um, like, are you ready to stretch in your faith? Like, you remember when you had your first kid? You stretched. And all the mamas like, you don't even know the stretching. Amen? I'm not being graphic. I'm just being real. <laughs> are you ready to stretch in your faith for perhaps what God wants to birth in your life? Or are you ready to stretch to, to be a reacher, a giver, a server? Are you ready to, to stretch to become that? And I begin to think about the course of the sermon that I'm writing right here with the body and what we've been talking about in this word stretch and, and, and all of these things. And it reminds me of working out, like, like working out the body. I saw, I saw a guy before church like, dude, what is happening to you? And he just kind of flexed and his arms just like swole. I'm like, man, that's nice. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you who he is, but he's sitting over there. And, uh, <laughs> but it reminds, stretching reminds me of an athlete that's getting in shape. And there's a lot of stretching that takes place when you're getting in shape. And you think about they, they stretch. An athlete will stretch. They'll lift. They'll eat a specific diet. Uh, because they know that the more they stretch, the more they lift, the better they eat, the more they take care of this body, the more they're able to do. And watch this. And the longer they're able to do it. I ain't finished because y'all got excited about that one. You're in a better mood when you do it. So many people say when I work out, it affects my mood. So I'm thinking of all of these things. And I begin to compare it to the body of Christ. Because I believe God is doing a lot of stretching to the church. Last few years, we've had to stretch a lot. Amen. I also believe the Lord is saying, I want you to lift a little bit. And we've, had, we've, had, we've been having to lift some heavy stuff. Some heavy topics. Some heavy situations at the house. And not at the house too. There's some, it's, it, doesn't it feel a little heavier now? Like the things that we got, like work feels heavier than what it used to feel. I don't know why. Like situations in the family, doesn't it feel a little heavier? 
than what it used to? Like your schedule, does it feel a little more chaotic than it did before? Now, how? I thought we refined all this stuff. And, and, and what it's pointing to is that perhaps God is trying to prepare us for something. Perhaps God's trying to prepare you for something that you could not do had you not been stretched. Had you not been asked to lift a little bit of that. You, you wouldn't be ready for, for the blessings that you're praying for. Because it doesn't just come to you. Sometimes it's got to go through you. You know what I'm saying? Like you say, God, I want to be blessed. I want to be wealthy. I want to be prosperous. And God says, okay, well, let's start working on that. And so God gives you a lot of work to do. And you're like, God, that's not what I asked for. I wanted to win the lottery. And God's like, well, we don't gamble. Couldn't drop that mic. Anyway, back to the sermon. But I begin to realize, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I know what this is about. Because I've seen God do this over and over and over in my life. That God has been stretching me for a long time now. And been asking me to lift some things that are heavy for a long time now. And been asking me to eat a different kind of diet. You're like, by the way, you know you're eating everything you eat. Yeah, but I ain't watching everything everybody watches. And I ain't listening to everything everybody listens to either. It's a different kind of diet. And it's all because God is preparing us. He wants to prepare you for something that in the state that you were in, if you stepped out onto the field, you would get hurt. You would get overwhelmed. You would be taken out by that enemy. Come on. And so God is faithful enough not just to give it to you, but to develop you so that when you're in that place, there's a chance. Amen? Okay. One of the things an athlete also does is to prepare himself is he has a coach to help him. He gets a coach. And that coach helps him to do things on a level that he doesn't feel comfortable doing. The coach asks him to do things that he wouldn't do on that level because that's too hard. And right now, I hope you're reflecting on some people that you have in your life that may ask you to take some steps into some things that may be a little bit more challenging for you than you're willing to accept. Because I have found that sometimes our friends are the very people that ask us to stay in the same place, the place of comfort and convenience, when the Lord is asking us to step. You know what I'm saying? And we become so loyal to our friends because we classify them as relationships. But if they hold you to the place you've always been, is that really a relationship or is that just an acquaintance that you did fun things with? We're so needy for a relationship. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know if I should even be preaching this because I know this is a little bit heavy and I'm trying to preach in the context of you coming to church. You know what I'm saying? It's like, Pastor, why you want to be that hard on me? Because you will go to the gym and let that coach just eat you alive. And we will go to church and it's like, Preacher, make me feel better. And I got a good buddy on the front road as a physical therapist and the other guy who's working out and got the bicep, he's a physical therapist too. And what I found is they don't do therapy, they do torture. They do, man. They will torture you to the pain just doesn't feel like it used to anymore to get you moving in ways you thought you couldn't move. This is the body of Christ, y'all. You can't be weak. Right? Come on, man. Is this too much? All right. Um, just like we got to be built up in our bodies, the body of Christ, the church must be built up for service. And Ephesians says that we were saved How? By grace, through faith, but we were saved by good works? No, we're saved for good works. And a lot of people are trying to do good works to get saved. And here's the thing. You ain't strong enough to do all of that to get yourself saved. That's why salvation is a free gift from God that you receive. And when you receive it, he has already prepared good works for you. 
So when you get saved, it's not just one and done, I'm out. It's let's get the party started. Because there are good works that he has for us to accomplish. And there's a lot of people who get saved, but they are not accompanied by good works. And one of the things that I noticed whenever I was at this funeral service on Friday, it wasn't just a man that said he had faith. This was a man who had faith, but he also had fruit. This man had fruit. Meaning this, there are people who are following Jesus because of his faithful example. And he just took the faith that God gave him and put it to work. And by working it, it affected other people. And you may say, well, that's what pastors do. That is what believers do. Just sometimes the Lord calls a believer and puts him in the place to be a pastor. But at the end of the day, it doesn't exclude us from doing the work of the body. Amen? You still got to work out. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to work out. You need to work out. Here's the part of that scripture that grabbed my attention. In verse 5, and I hope y'all put that, that snippet up from, from right at the part where it said, here's the part of the scripture that grabbed my attention, right under that. God himself has prepared us for this. And as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit, so we are always confident. Confidence isn't a feeling. It's a result. And you need to write that down because some of you tomorrow morning, you're going to be looking for your confidence and try to find it in a cup of coffee. And that cup ain't going to be enough for you because you got some stuff going on and your confidence is going to come from all the stuff that God's been using and doing to prepare you for that moment. Amen? God himself has prepared us for this, and as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit, so we are always confident, for we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident. I am so motivated by this portion, this snippet of Scripture right here. I'm telling you, I just want to explode because it's so powerful and there is so much in it that if I can truly say it the way that it's downloaded to me right now, it will forever change your life. And not only would you say, I'm getting in church, but you call people and say, you need to get in church too. And if you think this is just a preacher looking for a bunch of people to come sit in seats, if there were three people here right now, I'd preach it the same way. I'm serious, man, because I believe this with all my life. I believe it 100%. And so here's the first thing I want you to, to get down in your spirit. Not just hear it with your ears, but let it sink down in you. Number one is this. God is preparing you. He is preparing his church. He is preparing his church. When he returns, he's coming for a church that is ready. And there's a lot of people who are not ready for his return. They want the rapture, but they are not ready for his return because they're not ready. They say, but they're running around. You know what I'm saying? Running around. So when we talk about God preparing his church, here's what I have learned. This is the tough revelation. on the Because it is motivating to hear that God is preparing us. God loves me enough. He's getting me ready. But this is what I found. God uses principles. God uses people. And God uses problems to prepare us. Somebody right there should just say, oh, Lord. <laughs> I know you want to say amen, but you know what I'm talking about. Let's talk about the principles. The principles and precepts of the word of God are meant to shape us, direct us, and grow us in our faith. This is scripture. Does scripture have authority in your life? Or is it just chicken soup for your soul? And this is so important because if we're going to have a faith that stands on the foundation of God's word, it's got to be a whole lot more than a social media post verse. This has got to be something that's planted deep down in your heart that when you don't see what you need to see, you've got something in you that already believes before you've ever seen it because there's enough people that will come to you that say, I ain't seeing it. 
And that's where you're able to say, I don't have to see it with my eyes because I've already believed it in my heart. It's down in my soul. It's in my foundation. I hid the word of God in my heart. I built my life on this foundation. This isn't just a Bible verse. This is so much more. This is a foundation that I'm standing on. And I can't leave my foundation to go run around with you. I'm staying. That's called faithfulness, by the way. I'm staying, I'm standing on God's word. And I will just say this, without God's word, we will never be prepared. Because you can't live your life as a believer feeling your way through it. If you feel your way through it, you will fall apart. Amen? You've got to have the word of God to be a lamp and a light. And this goes back to things all the way from children's church, Sunday school, stuff that I heard over and over and over. And it's like, can you preach something else other than read your Bible? Notice ain't nobody got excited about that when I said it. Because we know if there's one area in our life that we're going to struggle, it ain't with all those sins. It's with reading the Bible. Right? They got a Bible out. Every version of the Bible. They will read it to you. Come on. How many of y'all know? Still struggling. Still struggling. I ain't raising my hand. You still struggling. We can tell by the way you talk. Still struggling. The precepts of the word of God are so important for our lives because it's helping prepare us because there are things that you have to know, not just for information, but there are some things that you have to know in faith because you don't know what you're going to face yet when you're getting there. But if I got the word in me, no matter where I go and no matter what I face, I'm ready. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. It may form, but it ain't going to prosper. It knows better. I've got the word in me. Amen. So it's the principles, and that's not just hearing it, but it's learning it, it's believing it, it's living it, it's obeying it. That's how God prepares you. Now, here's another thing. God, God brings people into your life to prepare you. I didn't want to talk about this one because God's been faithful to bring some people to prepare me. You know what I'm talking about? Can I say some of y'all, the Lord has used you. To help me get to where I'm at. And if you don't like where I'm at, <laughs> some of it's on you too. Okay, anyway, let's get away from that. Okay. He's still working on me. Um, there are some people who will encourage you. There are some people who will be an example to you. Not just for a little bit, but for a long time. Amen? There's some people that God may use to speak a word of prophecy over you. Word that you will never forget. Um, there will be some people that God will use to lead you. But then there will be some people that God will bring in your life to test you. How many of y'all got some of them? Come on, I want to see that hand. This ain't an altar call. This is just, you need that relief. I can tell. Y'all got some people that are testing you. Some of you are sitting right next to them. You didn't know how good of a husband you could be till the Lord gave you that wife. You didn't know how good of a mama you can be till God gave you, I'll say it this way, that kid. Come on. Your mama skills were limited, and then the Lord blessed you with that child. Look at your, look, hey, look at your, look at your, your neighbor and say, that's your kid. <laughs> that's your kid. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever prayed for patience before? And the Lord brings somebody in your life that pushes every last button that you have. You know, like the kid that gets in the elevator and presses all the buttons. Yeah. Yeah. That per Benjamin's over there doing this. That person, they come in front of you and they just like all the buttons, like they push, push them all. And, and, and so what we usually do is we look at that person as you the problem here. You are the problem and uh, we fail to realize that God may be using those people that push those buttons to help produce patience and kindness and gentleness and self-control. And you're like, hold on, Pastor Way. I thought the Holy Spirit produced that in us. Well, the Holy Spirit has his ways. And I've had uh, plenty of people that helped me and are still helping me get to where God wants me to be. On all the different spectrums of preparation. Because there are people that God will bring into your life that will encourage you. There were people this morning before church 
just in the course of their normal actions, bringing encouragement into my life. There are a few that were offensive about their trash talk with their team. But hey, I know God's trying to prepare them and produce something in them too. Um, I'm going to ask you this question though, and I want, I want you to really take this serious. What is God doing through them that could be useful for you? Because a lot of times in our learning, in our preparation, we want to learn how to do things. But what if God put some people in your life to show you how not to do things? You know what I'm saying? And I, I'm saying all this in the context of church. Because believe it or not, there are people in this church that God will use to prepare you for some things in your life that you are not comfortable talking about right now. There are some personalities within the context of the body of Christ. Okay, let's break it down. Within the context of your own family, and I'm not talking extended. I'm talking about your own house at your dining room table. That will push you. And God may use them to develop something in you that couldn't be developed in college and couldn't be developed at the conference that you went to that was all about that thing. You know what I'm saying? And that right there begins to help us see the wisdom of the body of Christ. That this isn't just about being right and proving somebody wrong. This isn't about me being elite spiritually and you being a rookie. This is about God developing all of us into the character of Jesus Christ. Being formed into his image and God being faithful to use people that are different than you. That will just drive you up a wall to help bring about some grace that you wasn't willing to give. God's preparing us. And then here's the second part of the scripture that we read because, oh, God himself prepared us for this, but as a guarantee, he's given us what? His Holy Spirit. And so just like I'm saying God's preparing his church, God is empowering his church. And this is the one thing that you must get out of everything that I say today. The Holy Spirit is the X factor. The Holy Spirit is the X factor that knows how to get you to the place, through the place, for the place that God wants you to be. You cannot do it by yourself. You cannot come into a spiritual family called a church and fly under the radar and fly out and get out before you got to talk to anybody and think that you're going to be developed into the believer that God wants you to be. You cannot. You cannot. And maybe you find that's a little bit strict and a little bit strong. We must be the type of church that has a conviction so far about these things that we are willing to say no to some things that we got to say no to, say yes to the things that we know we have to say yes to, even though we don't always feel like it. Amen? Because there is order in God's house. And if we want order in our lives as a believer, we can't just fly around like a butterfly. Come on, somebody. That right there is tweet worthy. We've got to run with purpose, church. And God has given us the Holy Spirit as the X factor to give us the wisdom that we need. Because there's a lot of people that's got info, but they don't have wisdom. Look at the decisions people are making. They lack wisdom. And the reason they lack wisdom is because they are not even looking at the Holy Spirit. They're not even considering the Holy Spirit for their lives. It's the Holy Spirit that gives you the wisdom, the strength, the counsel, the courage that you need to go forward, to go through, to keep going, to be sane with all of the things going on. You have no reason to try to do this without the Holy Spirit other than I don't want that. And for you to be in the place of, I don't want that, that's not wise. It's not. We need the Spirit of God. I'll say it this way. We need to be Spirit-filled, and we need to be Spirit-led. Not led by our emotions. Come on, this isn't dial up a verse. 
This is hearing from God with an intention. I'm not playing chances here with a body of believers. I'm not playing chances with my family. This isn't gambling. This is living by faith. But there's a process and an order to it. I'm seeking God. I'm not just grabbing my Bible and saying, let's see what God's going to say today. Oh, look at that. It opened to the book of Psalms. God may lead you to the book of Leviticus. No one wants to read there, but if it's something that you need to hear, he will lead you there. Amen. And we've got to have, well, listen, hold on. We've got to have some maturity as the believers, as the body of Christ and get away from the sugar daddy verses and get to the meat of the word of God. But this is why I say, are you ready for that? Because it's convicting when you read the real verses. It's convicting and it puts you in the place where you got to say no to some of the things that all your friend group wants you to say yes to. Amen? And the only way we get there is by being led by the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit loves you enough that He won't leave you alone. He loves you enough. He won't lead you He won't leave you alone. He's trying to take you somewhere. The day of Pentecost, Holy Spirit poured out. It's the day the church was birthed. And the Holy Spirit is our guarantee. A lot of people are looking for security. They're looking for some kind of proof. The Holy Spirit is the guarantee. And here's what's so hard about it. Can't see him. But I see him in people. This man, Ed Bledsoe, was a denominational preacher that had a lot of boundaries, but it didn't have a lot of life. Struggling to lead a congregation. And he was invited to sit down with a pastor who had been filled with the Holy Spirit. That day, Ed Bledsoe prayed and received the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit that got you to salvation, okay? Because a lot of people, you got the Holy Spirit when you got saved. That's part of it, but that ain't all of it. Holy Spirit got you there, but now he wants to get in you. And that day, he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and it changed his life forever. So much to the point that the denominational church he was in couldn't even handle the life that God had put into him. They rather the strict order rules, keep it starched, keep it tight, don't don't veer off into anything else. And the church voted whether or not they were going to keep him as their pastor. I need y'all to hear this because it's part of our story. And they voted 60% to keep him and 40% to let him go. And some of y'all were like, that's good. He was able to stay. He didn't stay. He took a step of faith. It would have been convenient. It would have been secure to stay. But God had so much more for him. And the only guarantee he had was what God had planted in his heart through the word, through the people, and through the very spirit of God. And he took a step of faith and stepped out of something that looked so secure to step out in faith and started a little church that grew into thousands. And you may think that's impressive, but more impressive is the number of people that came out of that church to go start other churches that now have thousands of people across all of them. And it was because a man made a decision to take a step. And that little church that he was at, guess what? It's still that same little church. Still the same. Same struggles, same everything. But he took a step of faith and the work of God that was done in him, I got, I got to say this, it's legacy for us. Because you and I, we get to live off the goodness of God in that generation that was passed to another generation that's getting passed to another generation. You ever heard of somebody that had some old money? You know what I'm talking about? I, they didn't make that. They got that passed down generation to generation. Don't hate on old money because God likes to do things through generations, through legacy. And don't despise the last generation because perhaps there was some work being done that you don't understand to get some work done in you. Amen? And this is the legacy that you and I get to be a part of. You will never get to meet the man. But I can tell you this, because of his step, because he said, I'm not staying stuck. I'm stepping out in faith. You and I get to 
reap the benefits of his faith. But here's the question I got to ask you. Who's going to reap the benefits of your faith? Because when I was walking the halls of that church with Kevin on Friday, I saw a lot of people who were moved by the faith of a man that God used to speak into my life that helped me become who God wanted me to be. And they were not pastors. One of them owned a grocery store. Another guy was a construction worker, but God was faithful to use them to help build me. Amen. And now because I get to stand in this place, you've got to understand I'm bringing more than just my Bible with me. I'm bringing more than just an education. I'm bringing more than just an opinion. I'm bringing a legacy of faith. I'm bringing an anointing and this ain't about me. I'm just a delivery guy. That's all I I'm just a delivery guy. But there is so much more that God has poured out in this house than what you're experiencing, than what you're living because you're staying back when you need to be stepping in. And when you step in, just like it affected my family and my parents and all of my brothers who are all serving God, who are all serving in a church somewhere and see the blessing and favor of God on them, I know that that is more than just a good plan. That is more than just, well, what kind of parenting model are they using? That's the power of the Holy Spirit that was at work in a generation that is still poured out today. And we've got to get to the place that we get past all the cultural norms, church. We got to get past all the craziness that we just accepted that that's just how it is. And church is this and that. And get to the place we understand. I need to be a part of a spiritual family and not just attend it. I need to be involved in it because God is building something. And as he's building something, he's building me. And there will be generations, I prophesy, there will be generations after us that will say, thank God that they labored in prayer. Thank God that they stuck with scripture. Thank God that mom and dad said we go into the house of God on Sunday, even though they didn't feel like it, they brought us. There was a conviction that continues to hold us on that straight and narrow. The way, the truth, and the life. So I ask you, you ready? Because that's the church we're building. Are you ready? Or is church still a sideshow? I got a conviction about this. And if I offend you today, I don't apologize. And you may think that's rude, but I'm tired of seeing people struggle. And I'm tired of seeing people play with sugar verses all the time and songs off of Caleb. God bless Caleb, but you need more than Caleb. I'm serious, man. This is a move of God. And it's time for the church to get moving. Father, today in this place, we need your spirit poured out. Come on, lift your hands all across the room. Come on, if you, if you say, I, I'm ready for this, God, I want you to stand to your feet. If you ain't ready, you just stay where you at. No shame in your game. But God, we need your Holy Spirit. You birthed the church with your spirit. Why in the world would we think we could do this without you? You said seek first the kingdom. We're chasing fantasies. God, today I pray you bring a focus to the body of Christ. That we're looking through your lens because your ways are higher than ours. And I pray that we will be a church of conviction. A church full of men of God that believe. And not squander with the faith. And not teeter-totter back and forth, but believe it. Strong men of God. Women of God that are full of confidence, that can shake the feelings of insecurity and can walk in a room without being overwhelmed with shame. Kids that honor their father and mother. Father, I pray that you will raise us up. You would prepare us. You would build us. You would shape us. But more importantly, God, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. We need you. We need this church. We need each other. But God, we want to be who you want us to be. So today, God, I pray that you shake the things out of our lives that don't belong there. And you put the things that do. Father, today, come on, hands lifted all across this room, eyes closed. Holy Spirit, I ask you to come and fill every heart every heart and put a hunger a hunger for your word 
hunger for your word. I pray that you will put an urgency for prayer inside of every man, woman, even every boy and girl. I pray you begin to awaken things and words and prophecy that have been spoken over different people throughout this room through the years that have been laying dormant or may have been written in a notebook that that it's time to revisit it because the word's for now. Father, I pray that we will be spirit-filled and we will be spirit-led. God, only you can do this. Church, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Father, as we walk out of those doors today, I pray that this message doesn't just escape us, but I pray, God, that every person in here gets past Wade and gets to you. I pray, God, that this word will convict, but also pray will change and empower us. Let your church, let Emerge Church truly be a light. A light that shines bright in a dark world that causes other people to see you. And as we go out of here, yes, we want your blessings. Yes, we want your favor. But Father, we also accept the assignments that you give us and we will walk in faithfulness and obedience to you as we walk out those doors today let us truly live out what it means to be the church in jesus name amen and amen amen